And welcome to Bags and Boards. Coming up on tonight's show, we are talking Lagrania. No CS to the dice game from Stronghold Games, plus news, new releases, games on Kickstarter, and more. What have we been playing? What games have we picked up lately? Find out tonight on Bags and Boards. All right, and welcome to the show, everybody. I'm Lance McFarland here with D. Clark. D, how's it going? Doing well, Lance. How are you? I'm doing pretty good, man. Have you been having a good week? Yes, sir. So okay, far, so good. good. I had a I had a really really good week off. Um, I was off for ten days from yes. work, which was really nice. Uh, and we played a lot of games. We did. We got uh, some we good played, gaming. We in. played quite a few. I played a lot of games at home too. Played some games online too. We'll talk about that later. Um, tonight we're going to be talking about a really fun game. It's Lagrania, no CS to the dice game from Stronghold Games. The dice game implementation of one of my favorite games of all time. So nice. Really excited to talk about that. If you don't know, Bags and Boards is a weekly board game review and discussion show here on KXTR. 100.7 The Planet, covering everything in today's designer hobby board gaming world. We're on Twitter at Bags and Boards TX at Facebook.com slash Bags and Boards and at Bags and Boards TX at gmail.com. Find all of this info at SoundCloud.com slash Bags and Boards, plus all of our past reviews and interviews and our RSS feed address is there too, which can uh, let you add our show to your podcast catcher. Plus, if you're listening to this live, this show is posted every Thursday morning, first thing in the morning on our SoundCloud page if you want to listen to the full show or listen again later. <clears throat> We've got a lot of cool stuff to cover on tonight's show. News, uh, a review of our game, to, uh, and uh, we're going to be talking about um, releases, new releases, some games we played, and a lot more. So we're going to get on to the news, but first I wanted to let everybody know that Bags and Boards is brought to you by Game & Movie Traders. There you can buy, sell, and trade both new and used video games for any console, DVDs and Blu-rays, and comic books. They also feature a selection of board and card games, including Magic the Gathering and other collectible card games. They're located at 2900 West Washington Street, Suite 60, next to the movie theater, and can be reached by calling 965-GAME or online at facebook.com slash gameandmovietraderssville. So, D, let's get into the show, man. We're going to uh, talk about quite a few things, but has anything else besides gaming been going on recently? Uh, been keeping up with wrestling, as always. Uh, don't want to dive too far into that with uh, the big pay-per-view coming up. Yeah, Royal uh, Rumble. Royal Rumble's coming up and all the things that tag along with it. Um, getting pretty excited about that. It's in about three weeks, right? Yep. Um, I'm excited about Royal Rumble, too. Who doesn't get excited about the Royal Rumble? Goldberg and Brock Lesnar have both already been announced for being in the in the uh, Royal Rumble. Yeah. And three weeks away, I'm, I'm, I'm calling my shot right now. Goldberg and Brock Lesnar are going to eliminate each other from the Royal Rumble. Oh, just like double. Uh, yeah, like one of them will go to clothesline the other one, or one of them will try to suplex the other one. Pull and, him over. Yeah, we'll pull him over with him. I'm really excited about the Rumble too, man. It's one of the most fun pay per views to watch, just because the whole countdown, thirty man thing. And and there's always the surprise people, yeah. you know, new signings. It's a great time for somebody to make a first appearance. Yeah, first appearances like AJ Styles did. Yes. Oh man, the, the roof blew off when he walked out. What a year, right? Yeah. I mean, 2016 for wrestling, probably only. Yeah. But for 2016, wrestling was amazing. Yeah. He starts the year January 4th wrestling Shinsuke Nakamura at Wrestle Kingdom in Japan, yep. which is their biggest show, 70,000 people. Um, then uh, a few weeks later, is at the Royal Rumble making his debut and ends the year as the WWE champion. 
and and basically dominates everybody the entire year in WWE. That's true. Yeah, you thought at the beginning, like, oh, what's going to happen? He lost to Jericho at WrestleMania, someone who really didn't have much going on. Like, you know, originally they planned for him to be a um, definite mid-carder. Really? Know, until uh, old Vinnie Mac saw his uh, saw how talented he was. Well, well, the talent and the amount of merchandise that that man moves. I mean, everywhere you oh, go. Oh, yeah, gloves. Gloves, shirts, yeah. uh, the, the vest, club vests have been selling. Yeah, uh, the, it's, it's all over the place, The wrestlers man. who are able to get over, um, like, other accessories. Yeah. Like, you know, say the New Day is clearly the best at that. Oh, like, yeah. The unicorn horns and the socks and the cereal and, I mean. Everything, the whole the best at it, But, I mean, if you're the kind of wrestler who has, like, the gloves or, like, if you're uh, John Cena and you've got the towels and the wristbands and the sweatbands. Yep. And, all that, I mean, man, they make some money on that stuff. And not only do they make a bunch of money, but those are the guys that WWE pushes to the top of the card. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, but uh, I'm really excited about the Royal Rumble. I'm excited about wrestling in general. Tonight is Monday Night Raw. Yes, sir. Excited. If you're listening on Wednesday, Monday Night Raw is clear. But we record on Mondays. Monday Night Raw is a couple nights ago. So if you're listening to this, you know what happened, and we don't. Go, uh, Goldberg is going to be on Raw tonight. Yes, he is. Which is pretty cool. I hope it's like something substantial. You know I hope I it's mean? something other than just he comes out and talks to the fans. Yeah, man. I'd like to see a match, honestly, is yeah. what I'd love to see. Yeah. I don't know that that'll happen. Yeah. Uh, SmackDown last week was like a mini pay-per-view on TV. SmackDown was ridiculous. Every good. title was defended. All the matches were great. That, that, was, the, that was the show. Yeah. Hi, welcome there. to SmackDown Live. Here's three title matches. Have a good night. And four title matches. Oh yeah, four title um, matches. You're and, right. And one there was a title switch. The tag titles went to the American went Alpha. Went to American Alpha, which shocked pretty much everybody, I would think. Definitely shocking. Man, I was looking forward to a Wyatt family run with those titles. I'm, Maybe they'll get them back. I'm hoping we get a good long like four, five, six month feud with yeah. American Alpha and the Wyatt family because the the in-ring talent right there is just astronomical. Yeah, for sure. Um, but uh, that's wrestling, and as we always say, D, this is not you, a wrestling show. If you uh, <laughs> if you tuned in and think what what's what what's this wrestling show? You're wrong. You've tuned into a board game show. So we're going to talk about board games. D and I are very passionate about many things. We are. It's true. Um, we're passionate men. You know, at least we don't talk about. I could talk about comic books and uh, all kinds of other stuff, too. Absolutely. So, you know. So, anyway, we're going to get to the board games, though, because that's what we're here to talk about, D. And I'm excited to talk about board games, as always. D, first up with the news this week, Mayfair and Lookout Games will be reprinting Lahav this year. We talked about this last week. We did. But it what you didn't know that uh, Mayfair was going to be doing in the U.S., too. So, Mayfair is going to be doing that. It's uh, the what we talked about last week. They've said that they're going to include the expansion in there as well. So if you've been looking for a way to play Lahav, I mean Mayfair sold Catan, and they're going big on uh, Uve games. Yeah, I and mean, they did all the stuff with Agricola, like making the family edition and all that. So I was I I was mildly excited just to hear that Lahav was getting a reprint. Hearing that Mayfair's doing it, you know they put out pretty solid quality games, and then that the expansion is also going to be in the box. Uh, I'm I'm definitely in on this. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, uh, they look out. You know, was partnered with uh, Z-Man for so long, and now they're partnered with Mayfair. So it's interesting, Mayfair. It's like what there had to be an offer, and we're going to get to some more Asmodee stuff. But there had to be an offer so big to sell Catan. Oh yeah, ridiculously right? high. I mean, because that had to be their bread and butter. Easily their number one game, you would think. Although so, Mayfair game has actually been around for a very long time. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, Catan, like, that's got to be, like, one of the highest-selling games there Of all is, time? Right? 
And like they rebranded, they spent all that money rebranding it and yes. calling it Catan instead of Settlers. instead of Settlers. Um, so anyway, uh, Catan is over at Asmo Day and Mayfair going big on Uwe Rosenberg games. So maybe maybe it'll work for them. I hope. Yeah. So uh, Quinted Games will be releasing an expansion for Hashbull Connect called Ruhr Valley. So uh, it this may or may not be also coming out in the United States from the publisher that releases. Uh, Hashable Connect in the United States, which is Capstone Games. So if you like uh, that game, look out for the expansion called Ruhr Valley. So do a couple of Asmodee uh, tidbits here. Asmodee will be releasing a series of escape room boxes called Unlock that will each include three escape room puzzles. The first set will be available quarter two this year, and you can try a demo scenario on their website. So there's um, there was a escape room in a box, right? and then there was... Um, Escape the Room, yes, which was another one, and the Escape Room in a Box you can buy at Walmart, and that's got three puzzles in it, and it's really interesting. It's got this big device. It's really interesting. It's got this like big box thing, and you put these keys into it, right? And the answer to the puzzles are in these keys, and it's like the order you put them in. Okay, right is like how you're answering the questions. I don't know okay. how the how the answer translates to the keys, which translate to the box, but. Um, so you're putting these keys in this box, but all over this box are these diagrams and all kinds of stuff that you use to help you solve these puzzles. So, hmm. uh, the one at Walmart is actually supposed to be pretty good. So, uh, if you're, if you know, escape rooms are, have you ever, have you been to an escape room? I have not. I haven't either. They're expensive. They're like $60 yes, dollars a person. So, I mean, if you don't want to spend a ton of money on, if you don't want to spend a ton of money on like going to an escape room with your with your family and friends, because it is expensive, because you're not going to go to an escape room by yourself. No, it's definitely a group activity. Yeah, you take your whole, say, four or five person family to an escape room, you're at like 300 bucks. Yeah, it's it's not something that you do lightly. It's something that you plan ahead. Yeah. Uh, it's a good birthday party type yeah, thing. For sure. Yeah. For, you know, a group of adults. Yeah. So uh, these escape room and a boxes, these uh, games that are starting to come out a lot more now, like this one from Asmo Day and the one at Walmart and Escape the Room. I mean, they they give that that kind of puzzle and that kind of feeling. It's clearly clearly not the same thing, but they're supposed to be pretty good, actually. Right. So interesting. Yeah, for sure. So uh, the other Asmo Day bit of news: Asmo Day has acquired German publisher distributor Heidelberger Spielverlag, Spanish French publisher Edge Entertainment, and Spanish distributor Millennium. So Asmo Day on the on the prowl again. Um, I. You know, I personally have no feelings one way or the other to all these Asmodee things. I find it just endlessly fascinating. So I like it. I, it's it, like it watching, is definitely interesting. It's it's like watching it's like watching predator fish go after like schools of minnows or something. I was about to say something a lot more menacing, but um, <laughs> you know, you know, here's what I was actually about to say. There's go ahead. A, there's a good George Carlin joke. Okay. Um, it's one of my favorite jokes of his. And I actually had a chance to go to this stand-up special in New York. Like, well, a friend of mine invited me. Wow. He and another friend of ours flew to New York and went to the stand-up special, which ended up being one of his last stand-up specials. Right. Before he passed away. So, uh, George Carlin does this thing where he's talking about when you see something really bad happening on the news, like forest fire or um, tornadoes or hurricanes, things like that. You like secretly hope it gets worse, like <laughs> because oh, Schadenfreude is absolutely a thing. Yeah, is that like you know, like it's like it's a break in the tedium of your life. Yes, you know what I mean. So like you don't you don't outwardly want it to get worse, but that's how I feel watching uh, Asmodee acquire all these companies. I just find it really interesting. 
Right. So anyway. All right. George Carlin, thank you for the uh, analogy, right? Yeah, absolutely. So anyway, it is crazy. Heidelberg, a pretty big company, releases a lot of games. These other companies we hadn't really heard of, they oh. seem to be uh, distributors. Yeah, all of mostly. these are distributors, not designers. Yeah, and if you look at their acquisitions from a year ago, you can see that like these companies were already distributing for Asmodee. So it seems like they've just kind of bought out the middleman. Yeah, so Asmodee is now going to be distributing their own products in uh, France, Spain, and Germany. Yeah. Which is totally okay. Yeah, yeah. And they already actually had the distribution hubs there, but it's like it's like they've decided, like, how do we end these partnerships with these other companies? Right. You've got these probably longstanding contracts. Yeah. They're probably a nightmare to get rid of, um, you know, in terms of fees for breaking contracts and things like yeah. that. What would make this much easier? Well, what if we just buy the company and replace the guys at the top who would throw a fit? Yeah, for sure. And I am because I imagine you're right that Heidelberger is just going to be folded into Asimode Germany. Yeah, and I would wager that all of the guys who actually like worked ground level at all of all three of these companies probably won't lose their jobs or anything. They're just, you know, the name tag on the shirt's going to change. Yeah, for sure. You're right. Yeah. And uh there's if if you are thinking about this and you want to look in the future, there's uh, two or three companies in Asia that distribute for Asmodee, so we could be seeing... Yeah, they're probably next. The next. I mean, we're up to like 10 things right now. Absolutely. I mean, you're talking Z-Man, Philosophia, Pretzel, Plaid Hat, Fantasy Flight, um, and the Days of Wonder, Catan, Spot It. These three companies, I'm at 12 and there's more that I'm not thinking it's, of. It's like watching a Barracuda with a bunch of guppies. Yeah. <laughs> uh, look, I'm kind of hungry. I'll... Yeah, yeah, you're right. It, it's interesting. I, I just, uh, I really find it interesting, Asmodee. Uh, you know, when's the point where they catch the attention of Hasbro or, you know, in that situation can go one way or the other? Oh, man, that would be, that would be crazy to see. I mean, like, to me, Hasbro's kind of the sleeping giant. Yeah. Nobody really pays attention to them. They're huge, obviously. I mean, they're, they're, they are the, the, uh, they're the monster in the closet. Yeah. But they do their own thing. They don't do a whole lot in terms of the designer board gaming world. Yeah. But sooner or later, and Asmodee's heading in that direction, somebody's going to catch their notice, and then what happens? Yeah. It Does it go... I mean, it, it can't go Asmodee buys Hasbro. No, but could it go Hasbro buys Asmodee? Yeah. Do you, uh, maybe Asmodee is just trying to become Hasbro ready. I mean, that... Maybe that's what all this is, you know? I mean, they'd all they'd all get filthy rich, obviously, but at the same time, Hasbro's kind of—I uh, don't want to say they're everything we're against because we're not against capitalism or corporatism or anything like that. But you don't think of Hasbro for great games anymore, and you haven't for a while. That's true. Yeah, you're right. Um, you, you know, they did like uh, Pie Face, and that's the one thing. You know, oh, and they did you know those Star Star Wars games like Loop and Chewy, but. Every once in a while, they'll have a game that people like, but it's rare. Right, right? exactly. So anyway, so yeah, Asmodee still keeping on, keeping on, and uh, we're going to turn Kickstarter news into uh, crowdfunding news because this week we're talking Indiegogo. I think this is really important. Uh, Dice Tower Season 13, kick, uh, kick, I said Kickstarter. Uh, Indiegogo is at $74,000 about. Uh, they've raised that much with 30 days left. You know, in, in the... Uh, uh, donations that you're giving. There's promo packs, dice towers. There's all kinds of their uh, yearly swag that you can get. Right. It's pretty cool. If you like, if you're the kind of person that likes promos, 
there's all kinds of promos on there for all kinds of games that you can get. Yeah, so. it's chock full of good things. Yeah. Um, so, but I gotta say, if you're a, if you're a board gamer, like this can be pretty important. How important is Dice Tower to you? It's really important in my life. I watch Dice Tower all the time. Right. I mean, I watch Dice Tower daily. So, I mean, it's something that's free, that's daily. So, if 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 that's interest, if that is important to you also, and you're the kind of person that would support something that's important to you, which I'm not saying one way or the other, it's bad or good, then go check it out, right? Right. Um, you know, you know, not supporting something that's free, like we're saying it's free, we can't expect you to support. Absolutely. But if it is important to you, go check it out and see if uh see if some there's some promos you like or if you just want to support the Dice Tower. It's it's the PBS theory. Um sorry to interrupt you. It just no, came no. to me. This is free. This is available. If you enjoy it, if you want to continue seeing this then throw some cash our way, but yeah. we're not expecting anything. Um, it's a it's a thank you. It's a it's a we appreciate it. It's a please continue doing this. Yeah, trust it's, me, I get it, man. I uh, I manage a public radio station. Yeah, I was gonna say I'm sure you do this a whole bunch, multiple times a year. Yep. And so yeah, I get it. So uh, go check out the Dice Tower season 13 Indiegogo, and they did Indiegogo this year because there's a few cool things about Indiegogo. First of all, you can have a flexible goal, right? Which means like. If they don't get to $200,000, they still get the money. Right. Right. Um, and then you can do things like instead of having to pledge once and then adjust your pledge to get all the stuff you want, you can just make multiple pledges. Which is really nice. Yeah, for sure. So that's it for the uh, crowdfunding news this week. We're going to take a quick break, everybody. When we come back, we're going to be talking about the games we play this week, plus new board game releases here on Bags and Boards on KXTR 100.7 The Planet. Forget caffeine. What you need is to turn your volume up. Let's go. Way up. Crank it up. Get your adrenaline rush on 100.7. It makes me happy. KXTR, the planet. All right, y'all. All day, every day. You ready? Support for KXTR is generously provided by Stephenville Performance Center, where all of your automotive needs can be satisfied. Located at 367 East Washington Street, the center also provides accessories, tires, wheels, and more. Next time you're in a jam, try Stephenville Performance Center, your Texan home for automotive help. Hi, I'm Brittany Spears. I've had the pleasure of singing all over this great nation, but today I'm lending my voice to the 15 million kids in America struggling with hunger. Every year, billions of pounds of excess food go to waste, while one in five children may be left without enough food for a meal. But it doesn't have to be this way. That's why the Feeding America nationwide network of food banks helps to get food to families in need. Visit feedingamerica.org to learn how you can help. Together we can solve hunger. Together we're Feeding America. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. And welcome back to Bags and Boards, everybody. I'm Lance McFarland here with D. Clark. Bags and Boards is brought to you by Game and Movie Traders, located at 2900 West Washington Street, here in Stephenville, next door to the movie theater. And they carry a selection of boarding card games, including Magic the Gathering, Pokemon, Yu-Gi-Oh!, and more. They also host groups and tournaments for all of these games, plus Dungeons & Dragons, Warhammer, and more. For more information, they can be reached at 965-GAME or at Facebook.com slash Game and Movie Traders Sville. So, D, let's talk about some games we played this week. Yes, sir. Um, oh, first, uh, we were talking about earlier, they, they, 
There, <laughs> there have been spoilers released for the new Magic set. I know, Matt, I don't play Magic, but I know Magic is important to a lot of people that listen. So. Yeah, the new the new Magic set, Aether Revolt, the pre-release weekend is uh, January 14th and 15th. Okay. So they start spoiling the set a little bit ahead of time so that people can go into the pre-release. Because the pre-releases are still competitive events. Yeah. So you can have at least an idea of what cards you're going to see coming in. Oh, okay. Um, so that process started today. They've spoiled... I don't know, a half a dozen cards, something like that, as of the last time I checked. Okay. Um, the easiest place to go look at that is at uh, mythicspoiler.com. Gotcha. Okay. Um, but yeah, new cards, they're all very pretty. I'm not getting into a whole bunch of details in terms of names of cards, what they do and whatnot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that is a thing that has started happening. So the pre-release, is it a draft? Thing? It is a sealed event. Okay, um, which means you buy a box and then sit down and make a deck and play with yeah, it? Yeah, you, you, you buy a, uh, a pre-release box, and it has... Uh, six packs and a foil promo, which could be any rare or mythic in the set, and then like a D20 and a couple of other little not-so-important things. Uh, but you take the cards and you you get to build out of those six packs plus promo. And then the shop that you play at is uh, required by wizards to have basic mana, your islands, your forests, your mountains, and so forth, uh, available for players to use. Okay. So then you just get your you get your land base from the shop, and if you open some sort of cool land, then you get to, you can play with that as well if you yeah. want. Um, but yeah, you have a you have a very limited set to build with, and everybody builds at the same time. You have a certain, I think, a half an hour time limit to to build your deck, and then you play a tournament. So there's like thirty minutes where the shop just goes quiet. Pretty much. <laughs> that's funny. Um, cool. Well, uh, so that's on January fourteenth, fourteenth and fifteenth. Okay, so a Friday and Saturday. I believe it's a Saturday and Sunday. Okay, so they don't replace Friday Night Magic. No pre-release. A lot of shops will have a, a midnight event because that's technically Saturday. Yeah. Um. So you'll have F and M at seven, and then instead of whatever that eleven o'clock event normally is. People will just wait an hour and then do a pre-release at midnight. Gotcha. Okay, cool, man. So other games we played this week, uh, D, we clearly played a lot of uh, Lagrania No Siesta. We did. Which we'll talk about later. I played uh, with my wife, and then we played together as well a few times. Um, and we got to where we could get that game in quick, too. Absolutely. Um, but we also got a chance to play Scythe on Tabletopia. Yes, sir. We haven't finished our game, but we, uh, you know, I've played Tabletopia Quite a few times, but it's always kind of what you were talking about, where people jump out and, you know, things like that. It, it never seems to, like... Flow. Mesh or flow. Yeah. Like, I don't know. But this was the first time where we just, like, were playing with someone we knew so we could kind of stumble a little bit. And then once we, like, remembered the rules to Scythe and started going, I mean, it was fun. I mean, it was just like a tabletop experience. We hadn't played it in a while. Yeah. Um, so the game is set up and ready to go there, yeah. and we had to think about it for a second in terms of, oh, wait, this is what I'm supposed to do, yeah. and then as we remembered the rules, I mean, it just started rolling just like a normal board game. Yeah, yeah, and then by like uh, 1 o'clock, it was like 1 in the morning, so I had to kind of call it, but you can pause it and yes. go back to it later, but by that time, I mean, we were really rolling. I Absolutely. Mean, our turns were going. Uh, I we. You know, if we have voice chat, that would probably work a little smoother, but the chat worked just fine, too. Yeah, I need to get myself a headset and uh, mic system set up so that we could do some voice chat, because Tabletopia comes with a Discord channel. Yeah. And so we could just hop into the Discord channel and, you know, make our own private room. This is our Scythe game. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, but the chat worked just fine. I mean, we'd talk back and forth, the turn, turn, turn. You Absolutely. Know? And, uh, you know, one of the cool things about Tabletopia is you set camera angles. Yes. And you got into it a little bit, but, like, 
right when I go into a game, I just like look at everything and then I go, okay, I'm going to need to look at this a lot, look at this a lot, look at these two things like from this angle a lot so I can move one over to the other a bunch. And then you just go through, hold down shift and hit different numbers like zero through nine and you can save all, you can save 10 camera angles. And it works really good because you just hit that number and it shoots you right over there. Yes, it's very easy to navigate a big game like Scythe. Yeah. Um, obviously, smaller games, that's not as important. But size of board, size of game is not an issue with Tabletopia, which is really nice. Yeah, for sure. And I really want to play Tabletopia a lot more, especially now that you have it. And Absolutely. You can start a game, too. I can. So I, w- I was curious because, you know, we were c- convinced at one point that the way Tabletopia was going to work is that if you had a free account that... You couldn't start a game, but you could join a game. So what what I've noticed with the free account, which is what I have, is that I can have one game going, period. So gotcha. if I wanted to go start something new, I'd have to quit our game of Scythe. Yeah, because I can have multiple things going. Right, so. and I don't get that option. I, I could play a thing. So is that the only difference, is you can play one game That's the only time? thing I've been able to find. Okay. Okay, interesting. But it was fun. It was. Uh, I want to play more games. You know, when you get into the thing we talked about some before, like, What's the, like, can you review a game if you've only played it digitally? It's interesting. I don't know that I want to do that, but if, you, you want to see the components. and Yeah, that would be, you could, I think you could review a game in terms of uh, gameplay, mechanics, things like that. But part of reviewing a game normally is how well built is this game? Does yeah. it look nice? Things like that. And there's no way that you can get that from a digital feel, unfortunately. Yeah, and but but what what's interesting is that Tabletopia is the first time we've got a system that's so lifelike and like feels like you're actually playing the game so much that it's even a question. I, that's absolutely correct. Yeah. So uh, anyway, we also got in, or I played with my wife and also with my son, who's two. They didn't go. Uh, we ended up just playing with the animals, but we right. played Animal Upon Animal from that's Hava, cool. which is. A lot of fun. We, uh, we've had a good time playing that. And then Codex. We got in a game of Codex, which is what we're going to probably talk about next week. Yes. Um, and what do you think? First impressions of Codex? I mean, um, we've only played once, and it took a while to kind of get the feel of the game. My jury is still very, very much out on that. I'm not saying it's a bad game. Don't get me wrong. But with only one game, it's a deck building and a versus game. So there's multiple mechanisms to learn and... Uh, like I, f- I feel like I haven't quite completed that learning curve yet. Yeah, to yeah. get a good feel and to give a good judgment. So, yeah, me too. I feel the same way. It's uh, it there is a lot going on, and it's like, you know, when you start games out, it's like everything feels kind of arbitrary, right? right. Like, why am I doing this? Why am I doing this? How do I start? And I'm kind of still in that same point with yeah. with Codex. But when if we go into our second game and you realize from the beginning, like. Well, I'm going to have to have a focus at this point, and you start learning how to combo the cards. Right. I mean, I think it could get a lot more. At that interesting. point, it gets more interesting. Yeah. I agree. Because um, I think it's clearly not a bad game. It's it's clearly a game that's been developed by a really good designer that people love. That's gotten incredible reviews. Um, it may be a game that people don't like, and you know, for me, like the the way I play games, like Codex, to some degree, isn't for me because like. I feel bad when I do certain things yeah, to another player. Yeah, there's very you know? much a uh, a versus, I mean, there, there's no very much to it. It is a versus game, straight yeah. up. One person wins, one person loses, um, which I have no problem with that. Yeah, yeah. But uh, that is something that we have discussed you you sometimes have issues with. Yeah, and I try not to, but, like, it just, like, oh, man, D's got his heroes out there. He's, like, he's, like he's did so good. He got them out there, and now I'm going to, like, 
kill one. Man. You know what I mean? Right. And I know it is what it is, and I need to realize that you don't care, so why worry about it? Exactly. Um, so anyway, uh, Codex I thought was uh, fun, but I really want to play more. What I'm excited about is just the fact that there's so much in there. The art is really nice. Um, it's I like the three different types for each deck, and I like that it's a, a game and a box. Like there's never going to be any more Codex. Every card that will ever be released for Codex has been released and is in this box. Which is very interesting for a card game like that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think that's what he was going for. Like, this is the ultimate, like, you know, Mage Wars, continuous expansions. Right. Deck Builders, continuous expansions. Magic the Gathering, clearly expansions. 30 years right? worth of expansions, um, if you want to look at them like that. It was like, if you want a game that encompasses all of this and you just buy it all in one shot, it's kind of expensive, but you'll never have to spend money on it again. Right. That's what, it, but I did, I also looked, um, this game is, it's like four years old. This has been online, like those two starter decks that don't have a color attached to them that right. we didn't play. Those have been online as print and plays for four years. Crazy. Yeah. So, yeah, if you go back in the forums, there's like posts about it four or five years ago. Wow. So anyway, uh, any did you play any other games? Um, I got to play the new Doom board game, uh, which the miniatures on that are incredibly detailed. Really? Um, yes. Some of the most detailed miniatures, which I don't think... I don't think that's a cool mini or not game. I can't remember who I think makes it's a that. Fantasy Flight game. I believe that's right. Now yeah. that you mention it, um, but uh, yeah, th- those looked really good. Very, very solid Doom feeling. The minis all looked like, you know, the proper demons for Doom. Yeah, yeah. Um, I only got to play two game. Well, I got to play the tutorial game and then one regular game. Um, jury is still out on that. I am going to play it again, but. Uh, the tutorial game, we got our teeth kicked in royally. Okay. And then the uh, the first full, you know, here's all the rules, here's everything game, uh, we kicked the demon's teeth in royally to the point that I killed nine demons in one turn. Really? Yeah, it was it was over the top. That sounds fun. Does it give you that, like, first-person shooter feel in any way? Or No, it's it's very much a, a tactic-type game. Yeah. Um, obviously, it's a lot of ranged combat. We are Marines with guns, um, with the exception of when I killed nine guys because I had a chainsaw. Uh, just literally was like, hey, look, I'm in your square. You're dead. Well, now I still have move, so I'm going to go into his square, and now he's dead. Okay, yeah. It turns out that even though you're a demon, when somebody takes a chainsaw and runs it through your torso, you die. Yeah, yeah, for sure, yeah. Uh, as you would. Um, that, that's pretty cool, though. I like that it's got, like, chainsaws, like, because that's always a fun thing about those games, the, right? Thematically feeling it, uh, thematically speaking, it was very true. Like, if you like the Doom experience, if you like that series of games, check it out. Yeah, I think this is, like, the... Uh, culmination of this designer's designs in the one versus all right realm right so you've got everything from the original doom game descent descent 2.0 star wars imperial assault and now this doom game so i think he's like um just refining that system over and over you know so anyway that's all the games that i played um and all the games that you played. Yep, Did you play anything else? That's pretty much it. Yeah, we got we got I've got some good gaming in this week. I wish we would have got more, but I always wish we would have got more, right? Always. Um so we're going to be playing um what are we going to be playing? The Harry Potter game. Yeah, that's um, coming up. Some more Codex. We've already touched on more that. More Codex. And then like I've got a I've got a stack of a few Euro games that we need to get uh started on. Yeah, but. we need it's been a while since we've done something with some real meat on the bones. That's true. Yeah, we've been playing some uh, lighter games recently. I mean, Grand Prix is kind of in both of those realms, like it seems, it seems meaty, but it's not really. Like and, yes, you know, in, in the end, it's a card game, 
where you move some stuff on the board based on what cards you play. That's that's correct. You know what I mean? So um, anyway, new board game releases. There's some. Uh, it's an expansion sort of week. So Deus Egypt expansion from Asmodee is out. Cult Express, the Marshall and Prisoners expansion, also from Asmodee. Uh, XCOM, the Evolution expansion from Fantasy Flight, which is part of Asmodee. Oh, well, uh, three or six, half, right? Fantasy Flight is part of Asmodee. Think about all the things that Fantasy Flight owns, and you think of them as this big independent company that does all of these things. No, it's Asmodee. Yeah, it's in, it's yeah, it's crazy. Uh, I mean, Star Wars. Yeah, Game all of Thrones. It. It's ridiculous. Yeah. So uh, the Great Zimbabwe reprint from Splatter Spellin is out. So they reprinted a couple of their games. Uh, Great Zimbabwe being one of them. This is a big, heavy classic euro game from splotter and the reprint is now out so this is not something that they've done before they've never really reprinted their games and here they are they're starting to actually get enough of a i just it, we talk about it every week but gaming is getting big enough that these tiny companies are getting enough of uh, support underneath them that they can start doing things they've never done like reprint and release more and make partnerships with other companies i'm really excited man yeah uh, Hop from Passport Game Studios is out. This is a game with like, uh, it's got like multi-level things going on. Uh, I don't know. It looks really interesting. It's kind of cutesy. It seems more like a family game, but it looks pretty cool. Um, and uh, the last game that's out is 1846, The Race to the Midwest from GMT Games. We've got a copy of this. and um, Really? Yeah, 1846. We've got a copy of 1846. Okay. I sent you a picture of it, remember? I do not. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, uh, we've got a copy of 1846. Well then. It's the first 18xx game I owned. It will be my second oh. 18xx to play. Okay, yes, you did send me a picture of this. I remember now and I feel dumb. I yeah, apologize. So, uh, and you've never played an 18xx. I have not. This this might be the meaty, the meaty Euro game that we get into. I don't know. But you like train games. I love train games. And this is like the best components. I've seen a lot of 18xx games being played. Right. Just at HeavyCon and at other conventions, but mostly at HeavyCon. I probably saw... 30 or 40 18xx games being played. Right. And, like, the components are always lacking. I mean, most of these are from Deep Thought games or Golden Spike games that, like, are, you know, glorified print-and-play games. Yeah. Like, you order them and the guy makes them one by one, you know. Right. So this is the first – I mean, there's been there's been uh, 18xx games from other companies, like Mayfair has done some 18xx games and right. things like that. But these components are just the best I've seen in person. They're, like – nice components for this type of game. Awesome, man. So I'm excited to play 1846, The Race to the Midwest. It's known as the entry-level 18xx game. It's, you know, a three-, four-hour game rather than an eight- to ten-hour game. Um, it's It looks fun, as fun as that can look, but it is fun to play. Right. I, w- I will stand by the fact that the first time I played an 18xx game, it was my fourth game that lasted at least three to four hours in that day. So my brain just wasn't there. You know what I mean? I can I could spend four hours playing a game and have fun the entire time. I mean I some people can't, and that's okay. You know, there are lots of lighter weight games. I'm okay playing a four hour game. Oh me too. Just for sure. Work. But uh, I'm saying I was an hour fifteen right. of the day of playing games, you know. Yeah. I had played Madeira, which is known as like an absolute brain burner. Brass, which is a super heavy game, and a game called Lignum, which is a really meaty game. And I had to learn all these games and then play them. So your brain is and fried. Then, and then at nighttime, you got your right wife. after we ate, played an 18xx game, and I was I was trying so hard D to like 
to grasp the concept of like running a route that you had just made right. in this game. And no matter how hard I tried, I could not get it to stick in my brain. And it was just because I was just done, you it's, know? Yeah, uh, that and that happens absolutely. I had a, I had a day full of gaming. Was yeah, that the game sure. that Haley just crushed everybody at? She did. She did very, very well. It was really interesting. She had clearly never played one either. She right. was, like, nervous about it, right? And uh, Tony, uh, one of the guys from Heavy Cardboard at the time, yes, um, he taught us how to play it, and he, like, was, like, really rooting for Haley, and she ended up grasping it. She had played brass with us earlier, but she had, you know, taken a nap recently, and um, she ended up grasping it really well and just doing very good. Awesome. Against a guy who plays 18xx games another guy who had played that one in particular but that's the only one had ever played and right. myself and she did awesome so um the one thing about 1846 we'll have to find a third player that's okay as listeners know we play most of our games two player but um we'll have to find a third player but you guys have so many people that play like the crayon rail games and stuff so yes. many people that like train games i'm sure we can find somebody i, right? I have like I have a specific person in mind for whenever we play 1846. Okay, awesome, man. So we got to do it pretty soon. Um, we're going to take another quick break. When we come back, it's time. We're talking about Lagrania, the dice game, No Siesta from Stronghold Games, and we will be right back. I have an army. We have a Hulk. And we've got great music here on 100.7 KXDR The Planet. Watch it. KXTR 100.7 is brought to you by Philip Vasquez at TSULawyer.com. Philip offers TSU students and Stephenville residents law services for DUIs, drug offenses, and other legal matters. Philip can be reached at 254-796-2270, but all information can be found at TSULawyer.com. PhilipTSULawyer.com is dedicated to supporting Tarleton Student Radio. Can't miss cruising the planet. We've got hard-hitting questions. How long can the koalas hold food in their stomach? Musical performances. Don't stop, make it pop. DJ, blow my speakers up tonight. I'ma fight till we see the sunlight. The award-winning cruising the planet. Who was the idiot that gave you that award? You. Every Wednesday from 10 to 12, and Thursdays 4 to 6 on KXTR The Planet. And welcome back to Bags and Boards here on KXTR 100.7 The Planet. I'm Lance McFarlane here with D. Clark. If you don't know, you're tuned into Bags and Boards, the board game review and discussion show here on 100.7 The Planet. And we are brought to you by Circle A Skate Shop located inside Game and Movie Traders in Stephenville, next door to the movie theater. They offer skateboards and longboards and carry accessories including trucks, wheels, skate videos and more. And they also carry disc golf supplies. Information at 965-GAME or by searching Circle A Skate Shop Stephenville on Facebook. So, D, we're going to get into our review of Lagrania No Siesta the Dice Game. Um, so, if you just heard that promo for Cruise on the Planet, awesome show. It is. I'm, I'm on Cruise on the Planet a little bit during the game show and a couple other segments. We do Lance's Fantasy Counseling. Nice. Which is a lot of fun. I talk about fantasy football. I give fantasy football advice and I... Know nothing about fantasy football. With, so. with fantasy football having wound down, you should expand into other games. Yeah, I think we're going to. I um, uh, what would be next? Baseball. Um, basketball is going now. Fantasy hockey. If you can get some call ins on that, I would. I would certainly call in on that just to get your reactions. You know, baseball certainly coming up though. The problem with hockey 
and basketball is that I know of hockey and basketball. That's okay. It would take the comedic element out of it. Not entirely because, you know, I'm able to make uh, do deductive reasoning with the football. But And I've heard a couple of your segments where you were giving fantasy football advice, and I was like, you know, how you got to that decision was kind of questionable, but you got to the right place, so That's true. That happens cares? a lot. Um, pretty much every time somebody has not taken my advice, they lose and would have won if they would have taken my advice. So. See, everybody listen to Lance. Yeah, so uh, yeah, we'll do some basketball and hockey. I will say, I haven't watched basketball and hockey in a long time. At certain points in my life, for a decade, I was obsessed with both. Right. So I know the game. Do I know the current players? No. So- It'll still be good, right? Yeah. I make decisions based on people, team names and uh, people's names. You know, if they've got a good Italian name, I know their mom probably feeds them well. So <laughs> they're probably really prepared emotionally to be out there on the field. Sure. Spiritually, you know. So anyway, we're going to get into our review of Lagrania. No CS to the Dice game designed by Andreas Odendahl and published by Stronghold Games. It's a standalone dice game follow-up to Lagrania from 2015. Only one of the designers from Lagrania here on this game. Right. Um, uh, he calls himself Odie, O-D-E, but Andreas Odendahl. And uh, the other designer, uh, Michael Keller, I believe his name was. Um, I'm not sure who who did more on Lagrania, if they both did the same amount, but for some reason this guy took the concept and ran with it, right? So what Lagrania No Siesta is, people thought it was an expansion at first, which really excited me. Right. But I could, I don't know that I need an expansion to Lagrania because there's just like, with what the game is, there's so much already. Yeah, it's pretty meaty as it is. Yeah, there's like, there's already five major mechanisms mashed into one. So all a all an expansion can be is either new mechanisms or more of those same, more, more of what you more have. More content, right? So- there's already tons of cards, and those cards do four things each. Right. So four times how many ever cards. That's I think how many okay. combinations. And you don't need any more mechanisms for that game. I think you're okay. You've got the market and the barrow. Anyway, so let's get into No Siesta, right? Yes, No Siesta. So this is a dice game implementation. So we talked about the mechanisms in Lagrania, and one of those mechanisms is that in the middle of the game, in the middle of each round, you do dice drafting. That's you right. roll some dice, you set them out beside what those different dice do, and you take turns drafting the dice one by one. Then you get to the last die, and everyone gets to do it. And here, they've taken that dice drafting mechanism, the theme of Lagrania, some of the other mechanisms, and turn those into theme. Right. And we've got a cool dice drafting game that works sort of like, think at the base of this, think Yahtzee, right? You're rolling dice, and you're writing things down based on those die rolls. Okay. That's that's the base of it, right? Sure. So what this is, is this is one of those dice games where you're rolling dice, and then you're taking those dice, and you're marking things off on a score sheet to score points, right? Right. So there's a lot of this. There's roll through the ages. There's like uh, quicks, which you can get at Walmart, like Q-U-I-X-X. Right. You know, there's games like that. So this game, what you're going to be doing is you're going to be, uh, each person has a revenue board that has olives, wheat, grapes, pigs, donkeys, hats, Siesta hats and uh, uh, a commodity, which is like a good that can be anything, right? Right. So you're going to have this. You're going to have your score sheet, which has a lot of different things going on. And then you're going to have a siesta track and another market board. And then you're going to have your dice. So you roll the dice, and we're going to draft them one by one. Um, we'll talk about the uh, regular version of the game, which is we each draft a die. Say I roll them. We each draft one, and then we re-roll them. And right. then we each draft one. And then the one that's left, we both we re-roll that, and we both get to do. Yes. So what we're going to be doing, there's a bunch of different things you can do, and most of it is taken straight from 
Lagrania, right? So we've got roof tiles. We're going to be paying silver. So anytime you get a silver, that's the other uh, the other uh, good. Anytime you get silver and you want to use it, you can mark it off on the roof tiles, and you get these roof tiles, and they're bonus actions that you can use once, flip over, you're done with them. Right. right. So there's workers. So one of the big things from Lagrania is workers. So you take your card, slide it under the board in Lagrania. Here, each person has the exact same workers. And you're going to be able to hire workers by getting the goods on each worker spot. Correct. So you hire the workers. Those give you an ongoing action, which some of them are really good, right? Some of them are really good. And some of them are, they're not that helpful in terms of playing the game, but they score you extra points. Yeah, that's true. Um, and then you've got carts. Carts are kind of one of the bigger things in the game. So with the carts, you have to go in order and you have to just get a bunch of different goods along this track. There's three of these different uh, tracks. And you get the goods. You have to have a certain amount of donkeys to be able to pull them, right? And then at the end, you get a certain amount of points if you're the first one there, a certain amount of points if you're the second one there, and then you get a commodity good, and you get to take one of your discs and put it on this other board that'll help get you extra points at the end of the game. Right. Um, say, like, one point per worker you have at the end of the game or something like that. Then you've got long-distance uh, trade, which is kind of one of the tougher things to do because you have to have three of one good in one turn, which is kind of hard to do. It is. Right? So if I have three grapes, I can do a long-distance grape trade, and uh, I mark the space next to this thing, and then you're trying to get one of each of the six different goods uh, three at a time, right? Right. So um, the only other thing is this spot down at the bottom, which has all of the goods except for silver and hats, and there is just like... Do I have something left over? Yeah, I'm going to put it down here. I can't use it anywhere else, so I'm going to use it down here, right? Right. So uh, how the siesta track works is you're moving up. Every time you get a hat, there's a few spots on the board where you can use a hat, but mostly you're going to be using hats to move up the siesta track. So there's three different spots on the siesta track. We each start out with four discs to be able to use. Correct. There's uh, three discs that are available to us if we can get them. And you get those by hitting these three different spots on the siesta track, and you get your extra disc. And then also, once that siesta track, once you get to the end of it, that ends the game. Correct. You finish out that round, the game's over. So uh, we're going to be rolling dice. We're going to be drafting them. You bring them onto your revenue board, and then you either take turns or you can do it at the same time, which is what we've done pretty much since we started. The, the um, first, literally the first two or three turns, we did it one at a time just to make sure, yeah. okay, yeah, this is how we do it. We're doing it correctly. And then, yeah, after that point, here's your resources. Go go do your thing. Yeah, so uh, we, we draft dice, and then you pretty much take, like, a minute or two to both sit there and mark it down on your score sheet. So it's kind of it, that's the first thing that kind of jumps out at you is that you're not drafting the die and marking it down on your score sheet. You're drafting the dice to your revenue board, putting your discs on the revenue board, and then moving those discs down via pencil to your score sheet. And one of the important things is you start with four discs. As the game progresses, you gain and lose discs. That's if true. If you should get a resource and you don't have a disc to market, you are SOL. Yeah, you just don't get it. And, you know, the uh, one of the faces of the die is olive and wheat. So that, that gives you two. You can take either or or both. Correct. So sometimes you've got four discs because you're usually going to get three goods. But if you get that and you could take four, Sometimes you'll get four. Sometimes you don't have four discs to be able to use, right? Right. Because you're going to be taking your discs when you complete a cart and moving them over to that other uh, market board. And then that disc is gone for the game. It's, so, it's never coming back. Yeah. And you're going to be using discs for other things. So the uh, commodities, anytime you finish a long distance trade or a cart, you get a commodity. And that you takes put it up on a the commodity space. You can save that till the end of the turn, or you can use it if you need the disc. And it's like, it's just finding that balance of like, 
when to use different things. Like, is this good that's out here that I'm not able to take worth losing this commodity or using it right now? Right. Um, and you just have to make those decisions as you go. And that's the game. You're just trying to get as much done on the board as you can. Um, think of a focus and kind of go with that focus while also completing other things as you go. The last thing, the uh, the stall and the field over here where you're putting your extras becomes kind of actually important at the end of the game. You know, after our first game where you're just kind of randomly marking it, you realize I should have been doing, paying a lot more attention to this thing yes. down here. You know, so our games have ended in a lot of different ways. I mean, they've ended with us both in the 80s, like really close to each other. They've ended with, you know, one game we were able to race up the siesta track and they ended super low. We ended in the 20s or 30s, something wow. like that. Um, my wife and I ended our game last night. She had 20-something and I had eight points. So it's like there's a, there's a strategy definitely where if you feel like you've got the game, if you can race up the siesta track and end the game. Shut it down. And take it. I mean, you're taking the risk of, oh, I didn't think about them having those points or right. whatever. So the, the roof tiles are cool. Because you're using silver, you're getting the roof tiles. It gives you little bonus actions. Absolutely. Always fun. Really thematic from uh, Lagrania because the first thing you do in a round in Lagrania is both chew, pay for roof tiles. Right. right. So uh, the workers are really important. I mean, kind of the most important thing in the game, right? I mean, they they change the game in major ways. And and they're, some workers are better than others, but yeah. I don't think any of them are terrible. No, not at all. And um, there's one that kind of is more helpful that you'll use a lot more throughout the game which is being able to move one of your discs sideways either either way on your revenue board so like if if you really need grapes but all that was rolled was wheat you take that wheat and you can move it over to grapes right and i've noticed that like when we play the the types of workers that you tend to rush for and the types of workers that i tend to rush for are not the same thing. Yeah, that's true. You tend to like the things, like there's a worker that says, you don't need donkeys to pull your carts anymore. Yeah, yeah. And that's almost always one of the first ones you uh -huh. pick up. And I go and grab the ones that says, hey, at the end of the game, you get a bunch of more points. Yeah, that's true. That's and, true. And it makes my game harder, and you, you usually have more circles filled, but they're still very competitive games because I'm getting all these bonus points. Yeah, yeah, very true. Um, you know, the uh, I would say the thing that has been focused on the little is probably the long-distance trade. Your game where you did focus on that a lot, you did really good. Yes. Um, but it, that's the harder one to focus on. It is easily the hardest thing to do is long-distance trade. Um, it makes it a little bit easier if you can get some roof tiles early because a bunch of those give you extra uh, that's commodities. Like or two pigs on one roof tile. Right. Or... And so then all you got to do is draft one pig and yeah. bang. And all of those long-distance trades, you can only do them once anyway. So there's no reason not to use the tile Um draft the one pig and then be like all right i'm done with that yeah that's true i mean uh you know in the end I, this is a this is a fun game it's quick it's simple um but there's a little more as i play it more there's a little more meat than i originally thought right i thought like you know there's some dice games and i do honestly wish this game were a little heavier right um because there's some dice game versions of games and just standalone dice games that are heavier than this game and this one being based on a heavier Euro game, not the super heavy Euro game, but a heavier Euro game, I would have I expected it to be heavier. But for a game that I can just pop out and me and my wife get in a game in 30 to 45 minutes, right. I really, really enjoy it. Because I like Lagrania so much, the theme of Lagrania, the same type of dice, the same artwork, yes. um, the roof tiles, the workers, the carts, I mean, it all is just so... It's using another board game as a theme of this game. Absolutely. Which is really interesting. 
Um, but I got to say, there is a couple of ways to make the game a little heavier. And that is that when you roll the dice originally, that's the last time you roll the dice. So um, we roll them. I draft one, you draft one, I draft one, you draft one. Then we both use the last one. Right. We never re-roll them. So whatever's rolled out there. That's that's the resources that's for the round. That's what you've got. The other way to make it a little, um, a little meatier, which is kind of the... Uh, better way to make it meteor is that we use one set of our workers and then we use these special workers with different actions on them and we both have those same that same stock of workers to choose from so only one of us is going to get the one that lets us move sideways only right. one of us is going to get the one that doesn't re- makes you not require donkeys to pull a cart so that makes it a lot more interesting right? yes um what did you think about that versus the uh simpler game the the only rolling once Take it or leave it. Um, I know there were several times where our game just kind of stalled because, hey, look, we rolled three donkeys. You have the tile that says I don't need donkeys. I have literally every donkey box on my board marked. So there's three completely wasted, useless dice. And so since we're only in a two-player game, we're only rolling five dice at a time, it's almost literally a completely wasted turn. Yeah, that's true. Um, However, the limited worker pool, you know, where we're competing – and uh, you're not going to get a, a duplicate. Uh, I thought that was great. Uh, yeah. I really enjoyed that. It it gives you a lot of depth. Um, it it puts. I don't want to say it just puts more meat on the bones because that's very stereotypical. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, but it it gives you a lot more variety of gameplay in that every game you're going to have to work around what did the person before me take. What is what are the resources available at this time? Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, um, yeah, I really like the, uh, I really like the meteor version of the game, and I I do agree with you. I would like to try it with the extra workers and the single worker pool and uh, re-rolling the dice. We should play it at least one more time like that just yeah. to see what it feels like because yeah, we never got sure. to that. Um, and you know, in the end, like this is one of those games that we're not going to get a ton of depth out of it. Like we're not going to be able to play this game forever as a game that we're going to get to keep exploring and experiencing. No, I mean, it, it has what it has, and I feel like That's we got the overwhelming majority of that already. Yeah. Um, and you probably even got a little bit more than that because yeah, you yeah. got some plays with your wife. Uh-huh. Um, but I feel like there's a little bit left on there to gnaw on. Yeah. I'd, I'd like to explore that one yeah. option. But after that, it is what it is. If you want to play it, great. You know, but don't go into it expecting to find something brand new. Yeah, that's true. It's a, it'll work as a really good filler. It'll work as a good game to pull out with my wife. Um, when my son gets older, it'll be a game we could play. Yep. Um, and, and like, just so you know, it is one of those games with a uh, with a pad of score sheets. So once those are out, I mean, I guess you contact the publisher and see if they'll send you more. Or I don't know how to do that. Make a Xerox. copy of the last one. Yeah, Xerox a copy. Um, so. Or I bet they've got them. On, I bet they've got a file that you can print out. Probably, you know, like a sheet of one paper has four or something on it. But um, you know, this would be a good game for family get-togethers, Absolutely. things like that, because it is. You can make it simple enough that pretty much anybody could play it. Like once you explain a few concepts, but it does have a few extra little things going on for people who like meteor games. You know what I mean? Um, like this is more like if you're playing Yahtzee. Play this instead, right? Right. Like, I mean, or, you know, there's a bunch of these dice games where you mark down your scores. I do like that you 
go to the revenue board and then to your score sheet because there's a lot of things you can do on the revenue board. I mean, there's one of the special workers that say hats are, hats can be donkeys and donkeys can be hats. Right. There's one that says you can move it sideways. There's a roof tile that lets you do two of those sideways movements. There's a lot of different things you can do to your revenue board in between the time where you roll the dice and score your sheet, which would which help you out a lot so you don't want to just go straight from the rolling the dice to your score sheet, you know. Absolutely. Um, but anyway, in the end, Lagrania No Siesta, I think, was a solid game. The artwork is good. The components are really good. Um, I love, I don't know what you think about them, but I love those lightweight dice. They they are very nice. I, I don't think they're actually made out of wood, but they feel like wooden dice. Yeah, they do. And they're, like, they're, they're really lightweight, and they just feel so nice, right? They, yes, they roll very easily. Um I don't think we had a single cocked die in, in every game we played. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, the only uh, component thing I can think of that besides, you know, having might maybe running. When have you ever run out of score sheets in a game like this? Never. You know what I'm you, saying? Because with with all of these that I've ever played, and I own the Catan version, the, the Catan dice game. Yeah, yeah. I still have pads for it. You play it uh, 1D 20 times. You get everything there is to get out of it, and then you're like, all right, that's great. And you've still got half a pad of pads yeah, or a half true. a pad of score sheets. Yeah, that's true. And then it goes to the closet. That's true. And the only other thing is you have to sticker the dice. Um, okay. I didn't I, know that. So, I mean, that took me all of 15 minutes to sticker those dice right. while I was sitting up here at work doing a doing a Tarleton game. Um, so, other than that, the components are really nice. Um, I, you know, these games usually don't have all this extra stuff going on. This one's got the roof tiles and the workers and the, the siesta track and the market board. And it's got a lot of different ways to mitigate the luck, right? Because right. in a good Euro game, you don't want a lot of luck. So this has the luck of rolling the dice, but there's tons of ways to mitigate that luck. I thought this was a lovely little dice game, man. I really, really enjoyed it. And, uh, like, like we've talked about, there's not a ton of meat on it. Right. So we're not going to be able to play this forever. But it's good for what it is. All it, right. it definitely achieved what it was trying to be, right? One to five scale, what would you give it? I would give this a good 3.5. 3.5? Yeah. Okay. Maybe a four. Um, you know, uh, for my overall gaming, for the game it is, a four. Okay. You know what I mean? For for overall gaming, what would you give it? A 3.5. Okay. You know, so what what, what about yourself? Um, I'm going to go a little bit lower. Um, I'm going to say about a two and a half. It's not a bad game. It is what it is. It's a lot of fun. But it is a game that you're going to pull out, you're going to play it, and then you're going to get tired of it, and you're never going to play it again. Yeah, that's true. I think I'm get, I think I'm going a little higher just because of, you know, I've been able to have a good time with my wife playing this game. You right. know what I mean? So it has that little extra. Any game that me and my wife can get to the table and have a good time playing, it gets a little bump for me. You know what I mean? Fair enough. So we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll talk to you guys about what we're going to be covering next week, and we will be right back. Hi, I'm Shelby Hedrick, and I'm Lauren Powers, and we're with the Tarleton State softball team. And you're listening to 100.7 The Planet. 100.7 KXTR The Planet is brought to you in part by Videos and More, located at 931 West Washington Street in Stephenville. Videos and More offers a variety of movies and video games for sale or rent, and also has a large option of select knives and other oddities in stock. For more information on Videos and More and their possibilities for Tarleton students and faculty, the store can be reached at 254-413-4734. 
All right, everybody, welcome back to Bags and Boards. Remember, Bags and Boards is brought to you by Game and Movie Traders, located at 2900 West Washington Street, next door to the movie theater here in Stephenville. Game and Movie Traders does buy, sell, and trade for both used and new video games. They offer both new and classic video games for all systems, including PS4, Xbox One, as well as Nintendo, Sega Genesis, and all consoles in between. Information at 965GAME or at Facebook.com slash Game and Movie Traders Sville. So, D, we got a lot of discussion about Lagrania No Siesta. Yes, sir. I hope we were able to give everybody a good picture of it. There's a lot going on in this little pad of paper, but fun little dice game all in all. So what are we covering next week? We're talking about... Codex. Codex Card Time Strategy from Serlin Games and designer Dave Serlin. And until then, we'll see you guys next week. Have a good night, everybody. Bye.